to the Midas Touches. I'm your host, Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradley. Welcome back to another episode of the Midas Touches. We're back. We're back in higher spirits than ever. Heads held high after what was a very close week last week. I felt we were unlucky. Um, The results just seemed to keep on reading two, 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 two. It was really tough. Um, It could have been a great weekend. You know, we were tipping horses at 15 to two, five to one. And they just weren't quite getting over the line. Um, how would you sum up last week in a couple of words? Can I do more than a couple of words? Because I have a lot to say about it. Go for it. Thank you. Yeah, disappointed about last week. Uh, what really summed it up for me and rubbing salt into the wounds was on Sunday, I had a, a good look at uh, the, the racing out in France for, for that group one out there. And... Uh, Texted Tris in the morning, wanted to get his opinion on it, uh, and I know this will mean nothing to the to the listeners because obviously I didn't say anything about it. But I picked the first two home, both French horses, and I think at the price I looked at both of them, they're around thirty three to one. So that kind of it sums it all up. Yeah, you do sound quite aggressive, actually. Um, obviously, our listeners can hear that as well. Um, but hopefully we can channel that aggression into picking winners this weekend. Uh, oh, it was tough for Emily Upjohn in the Coral Eclipse, the big race last weekend. I just felt like she was always slightly too far back. And Paddington just seems to be one that just keeps on finding. Mm. And he actually still has quite an awkward head carriage. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to give credit to Emily Upjohn, she was running it probably too far long short of her optimum. And I think that, and the fact that she was giving a lot of weight away to Paddington as well, probably just told in the end, though clearly Paddington is a is a very good horse. Uh, we can see that now. Amazing to think that at the start of the season, you know, he'd only won a, a handicap or whatever it was. Um, and he's really gone from strength to strength. I actually have a bit of a theory about this. Uh, sort of probably born out of, out of the rage of Emily Upjohn losing, but... I think they just swapped over August Rodan and Paddington. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Give a bit of juice in the price for Paddington at Royal Ascot. Exactly. Uh, Emily Upjohn, Paddington, level weight. Who wins? Is it going to well, be I mean, over no, one, they, mile, they, they, one mile two or one mile they four? They might never run on level weights because... No. Um, <laughs> Because she's of the, the weight for age and, uh, and, and you know, the fact that she's a filly. But land. in theory, if they <laughs> were to, who wins? Well, if it's over one mile four, Emily Upjohn would win. And if it's over one mile two, I think Paddington probably just edges it. I th- Emily Upjohn's probably the the better horse at this stage. But Paddington still maybe not even reaches ceiling. Uh, it sounds stupid to say, given he's won two group ones now, but three group ones, in fact. Do you think they'll keep on stepping him up? Do you think he goes one mile four for the arc? You could go for the arc, but they'll probably, what, they'll go for the the international at York over a mile two. They probably got, I mean, August Rodan could go for the arc. They've got other contenders, so 
they might throw him at the arc as well but but yeah definitely the international i think would be the ne- the obvious next step firmly up john sure sure all all roads lead to to paris in in october so yeah she i think she could be she could be have a very decent shout in the arc but yeah it was a it was an interesting race i mean for for a race that's uh always a fairly small field i think it it, it always tends to be a, it, or it tends to be a, an interesting one so and and this year proved that once again with the with the front two going clear and, and making a really good race for it it was you must think that frankie dettori was sat at home potentially slightly critical of william buick's ride i, I mean gosden said in the in the post race that he didn't think that how far back she was really lost her the race. I think Paddington would have won no matter where Emily Upjohn was placed. But yeah, maybe there was a bit of that. Unfortunate for Frankie not to be able to, to ride, of course, his, his ban was in place at the time. But no, I mean, we don't we don't need to dwell on it, I think. She's going to have her day. So right. She will. She will. Plenty more days ahead. Uh, Chaldine disappointing out in France. That same Paddington form line which Paddington really destroyed in the St. James's Palace stakes um interesting Chaldi now on a bit of a recovery mission yeah big time I mean they were clearly very disappointed about that run out in France Bolding and and Rasheen Murphy said so but yeah the, the, there's definitely something in the fact that that English guineas form perhaps isn't that strong though horses like High Royal have gone out and sort of you know run good races in behind padding the likes of paddington but but of course it was on very soft ground it was a, it was a weird race and you may not trust that form as much as the irish so or certainly not as much as the irish but anyway. and uh matrika was uh successful that was last weekend yeah that was a while aspen ago, grove though out in uh, oh, yeah, that was the other one, one. I mean, this is actually mental so I think it was just about Aspen Grove because, yeah, Matrika was the, the the weekend before, and then Aspen Grove, who I tipped on our Twitter for for the Irish One Thousand, came dead last, by the way. <laughs> then went out to America, and won the Belmont Oaks, a Grade One out there, at, at a good at a good price. I'm not sure what what price. I think it was about she went twelve fourteen at. to one, really. And it's just like we do just you know you get them one too soon. I thought she had a good chance on Irish One Thousand, but anyway, again, don't need to dwell on it. We're, we live in the present we've got this weekend to look forward to so yeah we should probably move on we do indeed we've got a huge weekend of racing including the group one july cup uh at newmarket on the july course there we're gonna tuck into the friday couple of races duchess of cambridge stakes and the falmouth stakes the group one on the the friday and then the saturday we'll go summer mile at ascot the superlative stakes the bunbury cup which is uh, going to be a tricky one to work out and then the july cup the 435 there let's dig in though the friday at 225 the duchess of cambridge stakes is a group two six furlongs star of mystery is a red hot favorite at the moment for the red hot charlie appleby team i think he's striking around 40 percent at the moment wow um soprano who i was dead keen on at Royal Ascot is second favourite, nine to four. Uh, Persian Dreamer sixes, Woodhay Wonder twenty fives. Thanks, but no thanks. Thirty three to one. 
Do you think uh, Soprano's got what it what, what it takes? I mean, Star of Mystery's definitely looked impressive the last twice, obviously winning by large distances on both those occasions. And um, <clears throat> this one's obviously a sort of uh, above average two-year-old. Um, I don't think you can you can get away from that. But then there's equally a stat in here which I, which really took my eye, and, and that's the fact that four of the last five winners of this race have come from the Albany. Um, and obviously that is where Soprano is coming from. Um, I think it's just very taking that, that even beyond that stat, eight of the last 10 winners have come from Royal Ascot. So Star of Mystery would be taking a sort of alternative route into this race. I mean, you think of um, last year's winner, Morge, who was second in the Albany, I think, wasn't she, behind behind Meditate. Um so it's a proven it's a proven pathway and soprano finished well in third actually in in the albany um she was finishing off one of the best i think she had the the second she was the second fastest from two furlongs to the finish um so she she ran a good finish to that race and yeah i think at the prices i'd i'd rather take her who has already proven it at a at a higher level than star of mystery though admittedly obviously star of mystery has won a, a listed race herself so she's got to be respected but i think at nine to four i could i could take soprano here um and and leave the favorite who, who's currently at around evens yeah i i think i'd be with you i can't abandon soprano just yet i think this is going to be an easier race to win than the one at, at royal ascot um matrika who was second that day we saw win nicely uh the following weekend persian dreamer worth a mention um who was just behind soprano in the albany also lines up here at slightly bigger price mm. um but yeah for for all that i read at the start of the season soprano was very well thought of by the bowie yard i mm. think he did say that you know she was meant to be the best at that stage um yeah and it, i think ryan moore taking the ride here is only going to be a strength mm. so i think soprano for me as well it, it's yeah it's a good point because it's something that will heard mentioned to us i think was that that bowie rated soprano as his as his best two-year-old uh at least at one stage uh, the early stage of the season uh, and of course he he also had that other horse that they pulled out yeah. of Royal Ascot. Was, Asinada or as, yeah, Asnadar. Yeah, Asnadar. Yeah, whatever whatever that horse was called. So interesting. And I think at about nine to four, Soprano can probably be sided with her. Yeah, let's hope that Soprano can get us back on the winning train. Let's move on to the Falmouth Stakes, the three thirty five, the feature race on the Friday. And it is the podcast favourite via Sestina who at the moment lines up Jamie Spencer booked nine to four favorite. Uh, Nashua comes back here for John and Thady Gosden four to one. Remarque, who was very close to uh, taking down Tahira, is five to one. Coppice tens, who missed that race at Newbury at the weekend. Prosperous Voyage is ten to one. Last year's winner, Random Harvest, who's also a podcast favorite at twelves. Never ending story 14s, uh, Maynard 25s alongside Astral Bow. And a great racist, I think. Um, mm. Some, you know, you've got horses of uh, many different ages coming in here, previous winners. 
it's it's a great race um for me kind of easier to dissect than the uh, july cup but uh but let's come to you what's your what's your opinion here yeah really nice race actually and one of my sort of traditionally one of my favorite races of the year i'd say uh, i sort of um remember back in the day horses like alpha centuri winning this race i was there for that for that day and yeah it brings back some good memories so no the farm was definitely a race i like i think there's a few different angles here i mean just addressing the favorite first via sestina she's she's an amazing horse now i mean she's she's had a really really brilliant season obviously that win in the in the pretty poly sort of um the, the culmination of her season so far but she's been sort of um really rapidly improving which actually you know would be a case for a couple of the horses that we talk about on the, on the podcast today um but she's 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 definitely very classy now um she's a group winner on her last three runs um and her form figures in new market reads one two one so <clears throat> she's certainly solid albeit on very the, solid the well yeah over the two courses but of course you know this is um similar surface right so yeah um yeah so she is she's obviously very very solid and looks a very talented horse i think the one thing with her would perhaps be the ground i don't know if she or how she'd really react to faster than good ground um she has run on it before hasn't she uh sorry let me just um no she uh she or oh, on debut she ran on good to firm ground but but other than that she's been running on either good or, or softer than good so that that would be the only slight question mark there um right at the other end of the market astral bow is a horse that i thought was was a bit overpriced just based on the fact that she um she finished uh, not too far back behind uh, Via Sestina in the in the Dahlia Stakes on on seasonal reappearance, and then uh, ended up going quite close against Prosperous Voyage Epsom. Um, so she holds form with a couple of the sort of ones, well, the the favourite in here, and then um, a horse further down the market. And I think at around twenty eight to one, she'd be a bit overpriced. But again, the issue you have is is the ground where she she would definitely like softer surface as well so yeah a word of caution on that one too but it, it, it's it's actually a more difficult race than i thought it might be i thought i'd be really sweet on via sestina which look uh, probably if you had a gun to my head i'd actually just side with her as the favorite i think like nine to four is a, a fairly decent price for a horse that won a group one last time out and has, has been continually improving this season but yeah it, it's a, it's an interesting one and then of course sorry i just give a mention to, to last year's winner prosperous voyage as well um i mean she was beaten fair and square by via sestina at, at Newmarket in the dahlia stakes but she will benefit from from quicker ground here so maybe she can make a bit up a bit of ground and at, at 10 to 1 as well she's she's um she's perhaps big but but you can see the form lines i'm going for here really with those three horses yeah yeah definitely um no i i think uh i think really interesting that remarkey comes in here um he's gonna get nine pounds 
from her seniors here. Uh, she's still rated, uh, I think, higher than Prosperous Voyage overall, but gets nine pounds. And uh, that run behind Tahira was pretty taking. Rafe Beckett won this race last year with Prosperous Voyage. Uh, and I think the the weight allowance here could be could be quite handy. Nashua being stepped back in trip, I think, is is interesting, um, and you know maybe just takes a little bit of time to get going uh, now that she's a touch older. I just think the 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 weight for age allowance is quite significant here, and um, you know with that form tie with with Tahira, who we think is is one of the best in training at the moment. I'll. Uh, I'll I'll give a little little nudge to to Remarque, I think in in this one. Yeah, uh, sorry, just just one stat I want to throw out there again. Um, if you think that the Duchess of Cambridge favoured horses coming from Royal Ascot, this race, the last ten winners of this race have all come from Royal Ascot, straight from Royal Ascot to here. So that actually doesn't bode well for Viercistina, nor Nashua, nor Nashua nor my other two selections, Prosperous Voyage and Astral Bow, but it does bow well for Remarque. So and if you're a big trends person, then um, maybe maybe take note of that one. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the Saturday and we'll first go to Ascot for the 220, the uh, summer mile. At the moment, we've got joint favourites, Chindit and Master of the Seas, although not 100% convinced that Chindit's going to line up here. It's not been much in the uh, in in the papers about this so far. Uh, both seven to two shots. Aldari fives for William Haggis. Jimmy Hendricks, who won at Royal Ascot very well, is sevens. Angel Blur eights. Mighty Ulysses comes back from a layoff here, uh, also eight to one. And Regal Reality who sprung a real surprise uh, last time at nines. We'll leave the market there. Fascinating race this. Chindit's been a horse that we've followed all season. We were quite keen on him in the Queen Anne at, at Royal Ascot. Ran a pretty decent race to finish sixth. And since has been picked up by uh, Vilu Punawala to be bred in India. Uh, they clearly like the the, Wus, uh, the Wooten Bassett form. Um, and, uh, breeding. Uh, yeah, well, sorry, breeding. And um, an interesting pickup there. Uh, whether or not Chindit runs is uh, obviously another question. Still entered in the Sussex Stakes at, at Goodwood. So that might be the the long-term target at the start of August. How do you see this race? Uh, it's really fascinating just to see the, the different kind of uh, preps into it. Yeah, yeah, it is. There's, uh, there's a lot of different profile of horses coming into it I, I mean i totally agree with what you're saying i think chindit's a favorite of ours and i think he's a very good marler as well he's he's sort of when you when you think of those sort of horses competing in group one miles throughout the year chindit is definitely one that springs to mind so if he does turn up i think he'll have a really strong chance um on the assumption that he he doesn't turn up i like the look of Aldari, I think that the, the the key for me with with this one is the is the is the Ascot form. Um, he he's proven to be to be very good at Ascot, having won uh, on three occasions from his five runs there, including two big handicap wins 
uh, at the back end of 2021. Um, <clears throat> he's since then taken two long layoffs. Um, so that is is obviously interesting. But he came back at, at Newmarket on the July course in, in a Group 3 and came a respectable fourth. I mean, that was after... 420 days so he's probably allowed to sort of have a have a prep run before really getting back into the swing of things and I think back at Ascot we'll see him to to best effect here um Haggis is in really good form striking at 29 percent at the moment so I think at about five to one Aldari looks a looks a nice enough bet here ground okay seems to do his best stuff on softer than good yeah gr- ground would be would be the interesting thing for me I mean he did finish a pretty close fifth in the international stakes at Handicap Ascot on good to firm ground. But I do take your point that a softer surface probably sees him to best effect. Yeah, it, it, it it's a risk, but I think a, a sort of five to one, I may be, may be happy to take him here. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's interesting. I think you do have to kind of take a bit of a leap on, on all of them here. Uh, especially recording on Wednesday night, not knowing exactly who's going to turn up. Uh, I do think that the way Jimi Hendrix has performed this season has been pretty remarkable. Um, seemed to win the Hunt Cup at at, uh, at the Royal Meeting very well. Um, cleverly campaigned by um, Rafe Beckett. I think they they knew they had a good one from the start of the season um and and you know that royal ascot win confirmed that uh yeah i think i'd be with chindit if chindit turned up but you know difficult to say um to be honest i think at this stage wednesday night it's going to be no bet in this for me uh but clearly if chindit does turn up i'd be uh definitely in favor of him because i think he's the 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 class and probably the the most consistent of this bunch at the at the top level and won this race last year. Um, let's move on then back up to, to Newmarket for the big races there on the weekend. Let's go to the superlative stakes, which is at 325. Um, currently, Great Truth. We've got City of Troy's uh, six to four favorite for Aiden O'Brien. He's in good form at the moment. Great Truth, five to two for Charlie Appleby. Mountain Bear, sixes. Hartem, sevens. Iberian, eights. Spanish Phoenix, tens. Which of the O'Brien runners do you think's the the top one here? I mean, Moore's already book, uh, booked on City of Troy. Mountain Bear, currently no jockey attached. Do you think Great Truth has, has got what it takes to beat them both? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I actually don't know. I I will have to admit at this point I didn't really look at this race so I probably shouldn't be advising anyone on anything to do with this race especially as it's very little to go on given they're mostly once race two-year-olds. Yeah, I, I think um, Charlie Appleby's form in this race is, is pretty taking. Um, Great Truth was clearly very impressive when winning at uh, at Leicester but clearly nothing come out of that race uh, no- nothing coming out of that race one next time so it's it's kind of difficult to really land on that win- one with any sort of confidence I think then looking down the market if you're going against that that logic you've probably got to fall on Hartem 
who ran at the Royal Meeting, wasn't too far behind River Tiber, who's clearly a, a very good horse. Army Ethos as well ran a big race that day. Um, Hartem was solid also at, at Epsom early on in the season. So like, I think the the uh, the play against the, the top three, you're hoping one of them, they all underperform. Um, it's quite likely that, that one of them will perform. Um, Hartem's probably that one, but look, I, it's 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 really difficult to to get properly stuck into this one. Uh, the market tends to be a reasonably good guide. Um, Appleby's had a, a great record, as has um, Aidan O'Brien. Uh, he won this race back in 2017 with Gustav Klimt. Um, but yeah, I, I I mean Appleby's form is very taking in this race, so. You do kind of have to look at that uh, and maybe a play on that one against the favourite at five to two at this stage. Um, maybe there'll be a bit of support, but uh, but yeah, I think Hartem at sevens, hoping that the others underperform. Uh, you might even get uh, eight runners here as long as it doesn't cut up too much, and then a, a little each way bet at sevens might not be the worst idea. But uh, it, it's it's very difficult when when runners come in here with very little form to go off. Mm. Uh, you're kind of just judging it on the market. Yeah, uh, yeah, and w- one thing to say as well: five of the last winners of this race have been once raced. So, yeah, the the unexposed types do well here. Yeah, they do indeed. Let's move on now to the the big field handicap on the Saturday, which is the Bunbury Cup. I think we're likely to have close to the 30 runners maybe more than more than 30 runners uh I, I actually don't know off the top of my head what the max is 20 max 20 okay well it's not going to be close to 30 then um bless him i remember i i won on last year uh so that was uh that was that was a great day um current favorite is is croupier for simon ed chrisford sevens uh a wall is tens bless him tens montesib who was a really short price favorite in this last year four to one i think didn't run too bad uh and streets of gold they're all at tens huge huge uh betting heat this one uh one of the big handicaps of the year have you got a strong one in it uh, not not necessarily a strong one but there is one that that i may be interested in who ran poorly in this race last year behind bless him as you say i mean he was 16 and a half lengths back so you wouldn't want to go for him on on that form alone but he's down six pounds from that and has previously shown some some good form at newmarket including a course and distance win here um as i think is a three-year-old perhaps um so the one i like here is is star of orion I think that oh really some agreement well yeah 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 of course yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll, yeah basically i think that um i think the 92 is a very workable mark for this horse he's ran second twice uh off this same mark uh so far this season hasn't been put up anything for either of those performances um and they in themselves weren't that bad yeah, I think it goes back to as I say the the new market form. He he's proven that he's he's pretty decent at this at this track or at least at new market. Um 
and the good to firm ground as well uh won't do him any harm either so yeah i think star of orion tentatively looks to be a nice um a nice price at double figure odds could be a really big day for Rafe Beckett as well so be interesting if he gets the handicap win as well that would be a fantastic day for him obviously he's got some live chances in in other races yeah definitely does uh it was difficult for me to to look through this uh race having having backed bless him at uh, Royal Ascot I thought Jamie Spencer actually ended up giving him a pretty good ride David Simcox not in good form at the moment though um but yeah i i do actually tend to agree with you with star and star of orion i think um i think uh comes into this race with a, a pretty solid profile um clearly that form behind montasib is not too bad although was receiving um six pounds that day uh we'll get a couple more this time i guess you're getting a little bit more compensation in the price for that 16 to 1 against montasib's tens um ground will be okay beckett's in good form course and distance form basically all the things you said um it's uh it's always going to be a different difficult race i think the draw is going to be quite uh quite important so definitely look out for where the horses are drawn on thursday when that comes out and um yeah it's a, it's a fascinating race so um definitely look for angles i found it difficult this year usually there's some so kind of obvious more obvious contenders who are sort of dropping down in the weights who may have run well in in the race last year um and uh yeah it just didn't seem like that was as obvious this year yeah perhaps i mean i i just think star of iran fits half that bill and he ran poorly in the race last year but it was off a sort of it, it was off a much higher weight so yeah tentatively i i, I like that one but it's it's a tricky old puzzle to solve the the bum breakup yeah it is indeed i think look i mean if i were to to go really really bold i don't think a three-year-old's won this race since uh the the late 90s i think 98 was the last time that a three-year-old won this but i do think the eve johnson horton runner here streets of gold is uh reasonably interesting um the last two runs this year uh asker in the jersey stakes was a, a close third behind Asia kings and and zoology in front of holloway boy and uh the time before that was uh third behind holguin and uh olivia moralda at epsom in a listed race so i mean three-year-olds in this race clearly it's not a, a strong trend but um i think uh this is still a classy one and uh you know streets of god's gonna get some get some weight here from from his from the uh the, the better the better rated horses and uh, yeah, I, I'd give him a, a shout, a squeak mm. for Eve Johnson Horton, who's a, a trainer that I do like to follow. Yeah, and at Newmarket as well. But uh, th- her other honour also, of course, Accidental Agent, the group horse and a handicap. I mean, I use the term group horse very lightly these days, but she's booked uh, me and Nichols on to take seven pounds off that one. <laughs> Quite funny to see that one win. But yeah, no, Star of Orion for me is, is probably the selection at, at double pig rods. Good luck in the Bunbury Cup. Let's head up then for the big one on the Saturday, the July Cup stakes. And the hot favourite at the moment, Shaquille, is 15 to 8. Shaquille was triumphant over uh, one of our season favourites, Little Big Bear, kind of summed up 
uh, difficult Royal Ascot week that Shaquille actually drifting out to nine to one. Had we not been in the fields at Glastonbury and we'd seen that drift, I think um, might have had to have a couple of quid on Shaquille. I mean, probably opened up at 11 to 2, 5 to 1. So drifting out to nines was pretty significant. Good ride by Sheen Murphy. Uh, not surprised at all to see that. He's a great jockey. Um, 15 to 8 is the price for this race. Azure Blue, threes, Kinross, 11 to 2. Little Big Bear, apparently 50-50 to run at this stage. Wednesday night, sevens. Cardem, uh, 12 to 1, who was somehow victorious uh, at Royal Ascot at uh, sort of 80 to 1. Um, interesting to see him back to form, but I guess that was another another one of those uh, big price winners at, at the Royal Meeting. Lazoo 20s, Art Power, we'll leave it at that, at 25s. Really interesting July Cup, this. Ah, I mean, looking through the field, it, it feels like a less less classy July Cup to usually. Usually, you know, you have those Australian runners coming over. You've got the crack Irish ones coming in um, and, uh, the, you know, the best of the English as well. So interesting to see Azure Blue come in here after being successful earlier in the season at York in front of Highfield Princess, who didn't run too badly at all at, at Royal Ascot. In the Kingstown and the, in, and the yeah. Queen Elizabeth Second Jubilee. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, Shaquille... I think when you really strip back the race, Shaquille's the class horse in this. Um, you know, I, I was trying to kind of poke holes in the Little Big Bear form. I do still think Little Big Bear's a seriously good horse. And actually, if you go the run back, um, Shaquille beat Desert Cop pretty convincingly. Uh, and Desert Cop then actually came out as a three-year-old in the King's Stand and finished a reasonably close sixth uh, behind uh, the winner, Brad Sell, also a three-year-old. Um, so I think the form for Shaquille is actually very strong. He's, he's won at Newmarket, granted on the uh, the Roly Mile earlier in the season on soft ground. And uh, yeah, I think he's he's not really dependent on any sort of ground and he's a, a really class horse. And I don't think I'm going to take him on again. No, f- fair enough. And I can definitely see the angle there. I mean, three-year-olds don't have a bad record in this race either. So y- you wouldn't be put off by that. I mean, to your earlier point, I, I do think the the English and Irish sprinters, for that matter, are not much to get excited about. But but that probably makes it a more competitive, um, more competitive race because they're all as bad as each other, kind of thing. Um, but no, I mean, I'm I was actually a big fan of Azia Blue after she won that York race, uh, in front of Highfield Princess. I think this has always been the plan for her. She she was never going to go to Royal Ascot, I don't think. And I was a bit disappointed by that because I definitely think she would have had a really good shout in the in the um, Queen Elizabeth Second Jubilee, which was, as you say, won by by Cardam at big odds. Um, on Cardam, for that matter, I do think he shouldn't be far far away again. He was fourth in this race in in twenty twenty actually, and he's he's run well at the highest level um the that that last time was his first first group one success as a horse but he he has run good races at group one level before that so i'd be interested i'd be interested in cardam at at 12 to 1 i don't think the the firm ground would be an issue either so so he's got a good squeak squeak again i think the price 
perhaps reflects the fact that he was 80 to 1 last time out and 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 everyone thinks it's such a shock but you know he he actually he was um i think he he unseated Jamie Spencer before the race so he was playing up a bit and and clearly did well to to win that race in the end um but going back to Azir Blue I I do really like this horse and um the the taking thing about him is that he's really really good at, at new market on both courses he's um his form figures read four one 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 so he's definitely very good at, at new market and um dodd says he's possibly or he's 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 getting close to to the best he's ever trained he, he had um Mecca's Angel or whatever it was called that that sprinter that won the the Nunthorpe and the Abbey so so he knows how to he, he knows what a good sprinter looks like the the concern and Michael Dodds has said this himself would be the ground if it remains fast ground I'd be concerned for this horse um but otherwise I think he'd have a very good chance so yeah either Cardem or Azure Blue for me I think would be would be where I'd be looking, but completely respect Shaquille at the top of the market and um yeah, I, I don't see I don't see a sort of little big bear overturning the form if he does turn up here. Yeah, and then I guess the the only other one that I'd kind of be interested in at a big price uh if they turned up is uh is Lazoo, who had some great great form at the back end of last season, you know, in front of uh, Meditate just behind Morge earlier on in the season at Newmarket. And um, yeah, I think switch back to the six furlongs probably a good plan. Finished quite a long way behind Shaquille at, at Royal Ascot, um, and I know that Mark Chan's got a another runner in this race in Kim Ross. Uh, if Lazou were to turn up, then I think um, would be would be interesting. But at this stage, it looks like uh, probably going to be be pulled out. But um, yeah, look, I think it's Shaquille's race to to go and win and really stamp some authority on this on this division this race looks uh, as we've said uh, like an interesting one so so hopefully we can get a proper class horse come out of it um best bet over the over the two days for you my my uh, yeah i think my best bet would be soprano probably i, I mean it's a tough race but it's a small field and, and i think the the Royal Ascot form in, 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 uh, in that is really taking. So yeah, soprano for me. Awesome. I think uh, I think I'll, I think I'm going to join you on soprano nap of the weekend. Uh, it's been a great episode. We are absolutely buzzing for the July Cup. Um, oh, I'll be there by the way as well. If anyone wants to say hi. Good to hear. We're going to have men on the ground at the July Cup. Uh, that's all for this week. It's a goodbye from me, Tris. And it's a goodbye from me, Charlie. Goodbye. Bye.